0: Green, Green is good is good. Put that Put coffee, that coffee down. down. Coffee's for closes on. Yeah, you're know, done down. It's a matter of time. Question is whether they're gonna have a good story to tell about you when you're gone. As your attorney advice you can rent a very fast car with no time.
1: Put that coffee down Coffee's for closers What movie is
0: that
2: <sighs> no, bro. First what? one's Greed is good too
1: Yeah first one is Greed is good Never seen it Greed is good Is from Wall Street Okay uh, The second one is from Glengarry Gary Glenn Ross The third one is Peanut Butter Falcon
0: Oh Okay I know Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah.
1: I don't remember that. It's though. the scene when they're in the river and he's like trying to get him to cross. And he's like, and then he goes, am I going to die? And he goes, yeah, you're going to die. Just a matter of time. Question is, are they going to have a good story to tell about you? Yeah.
0: Great movie. That was a great movie.
1: And the fourth one is one of my all-time favorite films, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Never seen it? Nope. Come on. Really? Bro, you're friends with trailer trash, Tammy, and you've never seen fear and loathing, bro. No. Uh, well, it's about Hunter S Thompson and the time that they went to the mint 400 to write about it for ESPN. And what ensued was 14 days of acid drugs, chaos, uh, and in, and it made it more famous than the article ever would have. So
0: sounds like a great time.
1: Yeah. If you're into that sort of thing, right? I'm old now. I like to sleep, so maybe in my 20s. So we have Officer Daniels on the show. Thank you for being here, bro.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I'm um, so excited to have a chat with you. Thank you. First and foremost, let's be clear to the audience. He is a Fit Soda fan. Huge. We're going to talk about his weight loss journey here in a second and some of the issues he dealt with during the pandemic, his social media following. Uh, he was formerly an officer of the law, which I highly respect. Thank you for your service. Thank I you. hope that's not corny. But I have a huge massive respect for that profession. Thank you so man. Thank you.: I, I
0: think most people do. It's just the, uh, the loud ones who like to cause problems, or the you know, the, yeah. the minority, for sure. So yeah, I appreciate that.
1: I really appreciate you, man. Um, and so excited to have this conversation, and one of the things I'll start with right away is I have social media envy of you. You have half a million followers. It's fucking awesome
0: <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. You
1: actually, you actually are a viral video star.
0: I, I kind of feel like it has been because <laughs> being associated with law enforcement way back when I started things, you know, would take off and it was great. And that's how I got my following. And then as things got more political on social media, um, it seems like, or it seemed like every time I did something, uh, the platform, whether it be Facebook, Vine, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it was is like just finding reasons to hurt my page. So I, I couldn't grow,
1: but you weren't, I looked at some of your videos. You're not, some of them are just reaction videos to a cop pulling somebody over or right. And by the way, Maddie will link everything. So our followers who aren't familiar with officer Daniels, his videos are amazing. Yeah. Definitely Uh, check them out the Instagram will be linked here. We'll even clip this. Um, yeah, go check out his content. So was it, you don't say anything really political though. It wasn't like,
0: no, but just the, the whole political scene where there was, you know, um, speech suppression, or if you're not following the, uh, the views of the platform, then they don't want you on there kind mm. of thing. So since I'm pro law enforcement, obviously, um, they just didn't like what I had to say. Mm. So they wanted to suppress
1: the victim well, of so the algorithm. Shadow banning is a real thing.
0: Yes. And actually, uh, I think his name's Moser For on Instagram. He's uh, like the head of Instagram. A day or two ago, he made a, a TikTok re- or not a TikTok, an Instagram reel about, um, man, what was it called? Uh, you mean transparency.
1: He, he works for Instagram? Yes. Mm.
0: And he made a TikTok or shit, uh, an Instagram reel about transparency on their end. And now you can actually access your account status and see if you're shadow banned where years ago they would say shadow banning wasn't a thing.
1: No oh, shit. Yep. How do you feel about Musk leaking all these documents about the Twitter?
0: I love it. So it's, do I, cause it's going to help me. It's going to, you know, all these other platforms are shitting in their pants cause we're next. Yeah. So, um, I'm hoping things relax and, you know, I can get my reach back cause, oh uh, here, just to give you an example, I started a page on uh, a secondary page on Instagram called Get Fit Daniels. Is what's what sucks about doing something so niche as law enforcement content. If I try and do anything else on my page, my followers don't want it. Mm, you no. Know? Yeah. So I would share like my weight loss journey every once in a while, and obviously people rally behind you when you show off that you've lost a ton of weight, but like the everyday, like this is what I do. This is my routine. You know, those, those fit pages kind of thing. Mm. It wouldn't fit up in with my demographics. So I started a secondary page. And so my officer Daniel's page, which has almost 600,000, which was at 610,000 a year ago. And I've net lost a thousand followers a month for over a year now because of this shadow ban that's on my Instagram page. <clears throat> my a- analytics for um, Officer Daniels, let's see here. Uh, insights. So, uh, accounts engaged, I'm negative 44.7%. I'm in a loss of total followers of 0.0, 0 or 0.1%. On my new page that I started, it is accounts reached plus 33,400%. Accounts reached 87,000%. And total followers gained plus 14.5%.
1: Wow, bro. And you already have 11.9 thousand followers on this. When did you
0: start the new Instagram? So this page had been dormant for a while. Uh, I started as a secondary page when I was getting so frustrated with Instagram and my reach and I was worried that I was going to lose my account. So I started this as a secondary page and I just kind of set and it had 10,000 followers and it set for a couple of years. And then just about, uh, a little over a week ago, I ramped this up. I changed the name to get fit Daniels. And I said, this is I'm going to be showing you guys what I what I did and what I do to, to be healthy and change my lifestyle. And so in a week, uh, I've gained 2,000 followers.
1: And by doing what, though?
0: Just posting. Well, obviously, I promote it up from my, my Instagram. I typically tag my uh, – I'll use my main Instagram. So you're getting
1: some carryover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's just – you can just see the difference where when you have a big – uh account share something of mine uh on my regular page i don't get that kind of increase
1: right engagement Engagement. yeah and you think because that account's still shadow banned
0: oh i know because with that new um tab that you can check in i have a a ding from april that they're holding against me which wasn't i submitted for review and they never reviewed it just closed it so
1: what are some of the things they would be pissed off at you about Do they specifically say, that, or just this doesn't meet our our community guidelines? It depends.
0: Most of the time, it just says, you don't follow community guideline standards. Mm -hmm. No explanation. Can't have it reviewed. Um, This one actually was a, a story that I posted where some guy was actually threatening me, and he took a picture of his gun and sent it to me and was talking all this crap. So I called him out in my story, and they dinged me for threats of violence why was he threatening you? Oh, because he hates law enforcement. Wow. Uh, yeah, I get a get a lot of love in my DMs and in my comments from...
1: We get death threats at the company all the time. For what? I know. Isn't that nuts? Because we have shareholders. We have...
2: Hey, stop making it taste so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, uh, being, being... Yeah, just the nature of being public and, and growing a big brand. We have people who on the shareholder side, we'll send, you know, death threats or that they're going to show up at the office or, um, you know, we've also had people, you know, you send product out. It doesn't get there. You know, UPS, the guy is having, a, you know, his wife cheated on him that morning, his peanut butter and banana sandwich was all <laughs> fucked up. He's just having a bad day. So he threw our package at someone's door and it broke some cans. Oh, God. We've even had people who are so unhappy with the way that it gets delivered, that they will be like, I'm going to come to your office and fight one of you, like, it's insane. And the bigger we get, the more people we reach, the the more it happens. It's insane. That's why we're all training jujitsu right now. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have a bunch of murderers in the building usually. Love yeah, love it. And we all carry guns. Perfect. Yeah. So, you, so you get this death threat, and this guy shows you his gun.
0: Yeah.
1: Was it a nice gun?
0: Um, I can actually show you the post here. Let's see. No, but like, did he have a? Was it like an? I can't. Was it like, it was okay. Like a Nerf gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think it was something he just grabbed off of Google, honestly,
1: but. Oh bro, you want to know some other crazy stuff while you're searching while your little brain pinwheel is spinning, looking for the image. We, (laughs) um, we've even had people fake like fake deaths. So it's one time I'm, I'm in Reno, the company, the drink just launched. I'm, I'm stressed the fuck out. You know, there's so much that goes into a drink that people don't realize from shelf life testing to making sure it doesn't make people sick to the, the liners we use in the cans to the, you know, it's a lot. Food safety is huge. And I'm in Reno, um, pitching a new supplement store and, um, I get this weird DM to our corporate account and it's this guy who goes, Hey, I ordered your drinks and now I'm in the hospital and I get this, I get this picture of this guy in the hospital and I, my first reaction was like, Oh, cause you know, I'm, it was when I was new. So I was like, Oh fuck, this is really bad. And my, you know, all the fight or flight starts to go off and I'm freaking out and so then I, and then I calmed down and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this guy's full of shit. And I'm like, okay, if you're in the hospital now, get a video of the doctor giving me the date and why you're there. Uh, wouldn't do it. Keep sending pictures from the hospital. Basically he was trying to blackmail me. We get probably one of those a month oh, yeah. of people trying to blackmail us.
0: Way back in the day, me and my buddy, uh, Mike, the cop tried to start a, a, an energy shop company. Mm. um, you know, healthy, like, I don't know, there's some new technology like nanotechnology to help deliver the energy. Absorbs
1: faster. Yeah. So
0: like, yeah, let's jump on that. And then um, all I could think about was what if somebody's heart explodes or or what if something happens at the gym and they just blame it on. They will. You know. Yeah. um, That never came to fruition. We did like the test product and we gave away a bunch of stuff and then we're like, eh, never did anything with
1: it. Yeah. It's hard. Good thing you didn't. I'd talk
0: you out of it. <laughs> it's, it's horribly hard. So, uh, some type of rifle. I can't, that's as big as that picture will get, but
1: kind of looks like a, like a shotgun almost. It's got some, it's got some mods on there. He's got the, he's got the cod handle on the front.
0: Yeah. All right, bud. And so I just screenshot his message and put it in my story and tagged him and then they got me on hate speech or symbols when I was just showing people what people are sending me. Yeah. So
1: I, one time, uh, Chris Camozzi and I have a very childish relationship. It's uh it's a lot of like nut taps and you know, oh, yeah. we're like brothers. <laughs> and, uh, it's one day he called me out on Instagram and I basically commented, I was like, I'm going to fucking crush you. And Instagram was like, shut it down within seconds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're on top of it.
0: When I was, Really heavy somebody called me fat or something in my comments and I said, Well, at least I don't have an ugly heart or something (laughs) like that. And I got dinged for that. And they didn't and I said, Oh, what about this comment? And they're nope, doesn't violate.
1: Wow. Yep. Yeah, I get called fat all the time, constantly.
2: Their AI doesn't have a sense of humor, it seems like. Yeah. So you were saying before the show, so
1: sort of this weight loss journey for you started in COVID and you went through some issues during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, so um, I'd put on a little weight before COVID, and, and obviously COVID And happened. were you still an officer at the time? No. No. It's been six years since I've mm. worked. The beat. Yeah, so I'm social media and business ventures um, for about a little over six years now. So uh, I'd gained some weight and just kind of being lazy because, you know, I sit on my phone now to do my, my work. And but then COVID hit, and... A lot of sitting at home, obviously. And I know pretty much everybody probably gained a few pounds during COVID or they took the opportunity to get fit. Mm-hmm. So I took the fat route, I guess. And <laughs> and uh, then I just, I've never had any problems with anxiety or depression or anything like that. And one day I got in my own head about my mom getting COVID and dying from it. And then I thought, man, I'm really fat. I'm going to get COVID and I'm going to die. But first I'm going to give it to my mom and then we're both going to die. And I just, I went the cycle where I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't sleep. I'd stay up every night and research like COVID numbers, how many deaths in Colorado, how many deaths in Texas, you know, and try and figure out my odds for the next day. If I was going to go out and do something like how, or my chances of being exposed, it was horrible. And so with that kind of anxiety and stress, and I started having heart problems, tons of heart palpitations.
1: Wow. Going back, Officer Daniels, do you think, do you think, and I want to be sensitive to this because you obviously lost someone during this process. Um, do you think the media, I mean, because they almost killed you too.
0: Yes. When I, I'm, I'm, that's who I'm angry with. Mm. My, they should be held accountable. Yes.
1: And it's other things too. Like you got to shut down American businesses for two years. Like we're lucky we got so lucky. I mean, it was really hard, but we are so lucky that we deal with the biggest corporations on earth and people were still going to grocery stores Mm -hmm. or else we might not. And I don't understand it. And someone should be held accountable for Uh,
0: it. I 100% agree. I, it was the news and it was all the social media posts. You know, my life is on social media. So I was constantly scrolling. Mm -hmm. Um, and at first, when it first started, I was shrugged my shoulders, like whatever, common cold, the flu. And, uh, one of my friends, she was a, or she is a cop in Texas. Um, not overweight, but you know, not slim either. Mm -hmm. She got COVID and almost died. Wow. And it it was at the very beginning. And that was kind of like my first, like, and then I noticed like I would get a sniffle and like, I get like this weird feeling. I'm like, what is this feeling? It was anxiety. Like I get nervous. Like my nose ran. Mm. Is this COVID? Am I going to die? Is this out? You know? And mm. I think everybody went through that. Like, oh my God, uh, I have a little congestion. Am I going to die? Yeah. You know? And it was just all that craziness. That was.
1: How much harsh. damage do you think? Do you think without knowing the numbers and just taking a wild stab in the dark, do you think the media, if even if you didn't get COVID fucked up? there's a whole new set of people now who have mental disorders Yes, that don't even notice it yes. because of what we just went through.
0: Yes. So uh, I would have much, rather, I ended up getting COVID in February of this year. So I would have much rather just had COVID and I had to, you know, feel like I was going to kill everybody, kill myself. Mm. If, I, if I didn't wear a mask, if I yeah. didn't wash my hands before I touched my face, you know, kind of thing. So, but you no, i have a lot of friends who are still uh, active in law enforcement and the stories i hear today like everybody wants out they're like it's it's like lawlessness they can't do their job people nobody listens to law enforcement anymore mm. i have a buddy up in uh, boulder colorado who um, he's a, i've never seen anything like it in, in the city and he's been there for almost 20 years and what
1: do you what do you mean by that like you see cuz like um I'm a big fan of law and order. I'm a big fan of rules. Obviously I'm a CEO of a company. So I live by principles and rules here. Uh, and so I'm a huge fan of order. I'm also a big fan of Jordan Peterson saying of you need, you need alphas who know they can create damage, who stand in the gap and protect people. You Absolutely. just do. And I think this whole, you know, from, from Biden and I don't, I don't want to make it political, but from Biden becoming president to that setting off this chain reaction in the world of people being like, no one's going to step in the gap anymore. Who gives a shit? Right. So you have lawlessness in the world and then you have lawlessness in all these I saw an article yesterday. Walmart this year is going to lose $3 billion. I saw that due to theft. I saw that. $3 billion dollars Yep. because they can't do anything about it. That's insane. So is target. Um, I think their numbers like one and a half. And so I'm on social media quite a bit as well. Obviously it's part of our job here and my job, I guess, um, as I build my own brand. And you see these videos of lawlessness happening in cities and you, it's so hard to trust anything anymore. Right. You know, you're like, is this really happening or was this already happening? And they're just highlighting it now. Right. But you're saying you have fellow colleagues yes. still in the business yep. who are saying it's fucking pandemonium. Yes. And I'm what like- does that mean? like?
0: Well, uh, for one, like just the, the mental health, you know, obviously cops have always been somebody who responds to mental health crises mm. or is that, is it cri- Crisis. Crisis. Yeah. Um, and it's just never been this way before, you know, it's always kind of been part of the job, but now it's like 90% of the job is dealing mm. with people who are not on medication or taking too much medication, you know, something along those lines. And- you're
1: saying the guy because Chris Kamozzi's brother Brian Camosi, Shout out if he hears this. He's new to law enforcement. He runs the Five Points beat. Yep. So tough, tough neighborhood. Yep. Um, the stories he has in the first six months of is it, it already nuts. Like multiple standoffs with, mm-hmm. you know, where he's like, I had my gun on this guy for like six hours, yep. and it's so you're saying it's a mental crisis in terms of this guy has a mental disorder. We don't know what it is. He grabbed a knife that night is running through the streets because yep. he's having a paranoid breakdown. Cops show up. That's what they're dealing with. Right.
0: And then just people not obeying orders. Like a you, dude, like people don't pull over for cops anymore. They know that cops can't chase them anymore. You know, most police departments don't have a, is that true? Yeah. Most, most agencies do have a no chase policy in place because it's too dangerous, which I get, I get, you know, okay, somebody going to run and you're pulling them over for, you know, 10 over. Maybe they're wanted for something. Obviously they are. They don't want to get pulled over, driving without a light, whatever it is, right? Is it worth risking the public's safety to apprehend them? Probably not.
1: So is it, is it, is it? Not that you're again super involved anymore, but is it basically company policy not to if someone runs, you just let
0: them go? Correct. Yeah, the supervisor who's working, they'll uh, they'll make the call. Hey, um, what are the charges? You know, uh, right now, just a broken headlight. <laughs> hey, Mac, you
1: go tell whoever's talking real loud to shut up. Yeah, shut up. So that's crazy. So so if somebody is. Breaking the law, someone will call in. Hey, boss, I got a ten eleven. Uh, doesn't seem like too much of a threat. The boss may just go, "Yeah, let him go."
0: Yep. Wow. Why? Liability and scared to be on the news, and you know it's because the cops get crucified before there's any sort of trial. So you know it's always guilty in the in public perception before anything happens in the court of law. So. However, the story is portrayed to the public is what it's going to be no matter how it, how it ends. You wow. Know? So when
1: he said lawlessness, does he just mean like theft? Um, like, what does that mean?
0: Anything, yeah. So um, burglary, you know, break-ins, burglaries, um, car thefts, uh, you know, mental episodes, uh, and then just people not having that, Common respect—I wouldn't say for authority, but just you know, your common man. Like, hey, uh, can I talk to you? Suspect, or you know, match the description of something. No, fuck you. Mm. Just keep, you know. And it's just so common these days where there was a mutual respect way back in the day, mm. and it just
1: there was for—and I would even say for just authority in general. Like when right. a president would get elected, um. You know, when I was a heavy churchgoer, one of the pastors gave this talk once on, no matter who holds that office, you can disagree with their policy, but he is your commander in chief. Right. And they would teach, you know, you have to respect. We used to respect elders. We used to respect authority. We used to, um, and not unchecked. Do you know what I mean? If someone's right, being right. a tyrant, yeah, right. you're going to exactly. stand up against it. But exactly. uh, yeah, you're right. There's a general deterioration of value anymore.
0: It's become, there's like so so much tribalism where it's, if you're not over here and you're over here, well, you suck, you're bad. You know, there's just so much tribalism that it's just eaten away at our our country. Mm. So, but yeah, like why would you not want the person running your country to be successful? even (laughs) Right. Right. right.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. It's, it's all of our country, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're rooting for this guy to fucking take a shit. Right. That's crazy. So for, in your opinion, um, and I want to get back to the weight loss journey in the, in the pandemic. So you're, so there's this def, there's definitely in your opinion. And, and I agree that this two years has really wrecked people quite a bit and wrecked the systems that helped, prop, you know, prop this all up. Right. Do you think law enforcement and law and order will ever be the same? because i have this theory that there's going to be because life always works in huge swings right mm-hmm. like in the 60s when civil rights was was big like it is now there was black panthers who occupied multiple government buildings with machine guns and 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 then you get back into the 80s with reagan and it kind of gets back to and then you kind of you see life move in in seasons right i have a feeling it's going to go back to it's gonna, it's gonna come back. It's gonna come back to law and order. You're gonna, the, the attack on masculinity is gonna backfire, um, and it's all gonna come back. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, law enforcement has been waiting for the pendulum to swing back for a long time. I, I hope it does, but i um, I think a lot of us are lo- losing faith. I mean, if you look at the numbers, people aren't applying to be cops anymore. Everybody's retiring or leaving. You know, going into real estate or finding another job. Because it used to be you're just risking your own life, right? That's it. right? (laughs) Just
1: just risking your life every day, yeah. You know,
0: but back in the day. Yeah, yeah. But now, you maybe you don't make any mistakes, but the body cam or surveillance footage doesn't look good in your favor, even though everything is justified and it gets put on the news. Then everybody's mad at you, and your name gets posted everywhere. Officer so-and-so, you know, did this. And then people go to their house and they threaten their kids and then they got to pull the kids out of school that's, that's so hectic right and is it is it worth your family's safety to to be a cop no
1: especially for the money right yeah no
0: so you know if it was just you know you risking your own life and um and that was it i think people would stay but you know it's you're pretty much ruined if you get put on the news for some use of force yeah and no matter what the story turns out to be, it's whatever it was first told as from the news. And you
1: guys are assumed guilty. You're right. assumed that you're, you're being a dirtbag, Right. Yeah. So do you think, uh, and then again, I, uh, cause I know you didn't want to go too far down this road, but uh, do you think cops need more training?
0: 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think. Cause I've heard Jocko say that. I'm like, I, that makes a lot of sense Yeah. But you do have some of these young kids who come in, who don't have training, haven't been put under pressure then when they, cause also what people don't get about your profession or your ex profession is when you put someone under that much pressure, what happens to them? You know, you said something interesting that we kind of glossed over and scoffed at that. Yeah. Back in the day, it was just, I'm risking my life. Like think of that. What other job in the world do you wake up every fucking day and go, I might die today because some guy I pull over is cracked out and blows my head off.
0: That's insane doesn't want to go back to jail.
1: Yeah. That's insane. But then the pressure that gets put on you guys, if there's a mass shooting, uh, a gunfight, someone pulls a knife, uh, you know, I used to bounce back in the day and it was only after like my 15th altercation in the bar where I was like, I didn't unleash full, you know what I mean? You Uh learn to kind of calm down and assess. um, But I could see how some new guy comes in guns, blazing full of testosterone, makes one mistake. Yep. So more training. So that would be like fight training,
0: tactical training. Yeah. So prior to social media, I was all just in the realm of uh, where I'm from. And then when I started meeting cops and everybody from other States, like in the South, I, I couldn't believe like the kind of training that they got, like mm. less training, mm. like not trained enough. And I'm like, I can't remember what state it is, but I know a lot of like, uh, states kind of the, uh, like Maine in that area, you can be hired as a cop and work for a year as a cop without going to the academy.
1: Wow. That's bananas. And just
0: throw you in a uniform. You do FTO and you have a, a year to complete the academy while you're working.
1: Cause there's definitely those cop chasers too, who like are kids oh. who got picked on or didn't, uh, you know, achieve the things they wanted to achieve in high school. And like the
0: auditors, are you talking about the auditors?
1: Yeah. Or no, just the guy, I mean, even certain serial killers have talked about being oh. cops because that's crazy oh, that I there's gotcha. not a bigger barrier to entry.
0: Oh, well, and that's, a, that's so, scary like, today. They are dropping requirements and they're making it easier to be cops because it, they can't get qualified people. Which
1: yeah. is going to exacerbate yeah. the problem. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you get, you're you pushing out all these retired people or all these good officers who've been on 5, 10 years, 20 mm. years. They're like, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not worth it. And then you get these unqualified people. Even though they're qualified to the new standards, they're not qualified to the old standards. And people are getting washed out of FTO. Oh, or um, – they're so desperate for bodies that they don't wash people out and you just have these really shitty cops. So uh, like the, this whole, uh, police reform thing is not going the way that yeah. people thought or were hoping it was going, but any person with common sense saw that from day one. Yeah. This is what it was going to be. Yeah. So you, you made a bed, you got to lay in it. That's
1: correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I hope it turns back around too. Cause it just feels like we're in such a bad place right now. It just feels like, like we've made a lot of progress on social issues and all that. And it's great, but yeah, to just see what's happening in people's neighborhood, Like this is going to sound kind of goofy. I grew up in a tough neighborhood, grew up pretty hard. This is why I look the way that I do. <laughs> um, everything I've ever done is to be like, don't come near me. I'm dangerous. <laughs> um, cause I got beat up a lot. Yeah, dude, all the time. Really? constantly got the shit kicked out of me every day for till I was in my sophomore
0: in high school have you uh, visited your bullies lately
1: oh yeah i dealt with all those debts in college yeah nice, <laughs> nice. yeah once i hit 250 it was like yeah uh, hey, retribution remember me yeah um i have some fun stories about that but um so you know i grew up around crime i guess you know i didn't grow up in inner city chicago or like uh So all that is a framework to say, I'm not, you know, I get, it's all happening, you know? Um, and I've traveled to India and all these places. Like I've seen some terrible shit, but we got, we have an alarm system here and part of it's connected to ring and I'm turning into that old man. Who's like (laughs) scrolling through the neighborhood shit, like, like reading every story. And it, and I will say it's getting pretty wild how many I see in gold where our office is in golden for all you haters. You can come visit us seventeen three hundred one West Colfax. We'll be here. Um, also I'll be scrolling through it like an old man. Like what is this? What is this? You see this? I'll show, I'll show it to you. i like, look at this. This guy's touching this guy's trash cans. Um, it is shocking though. How many things happen even in these nice neighborhoods. Yeah. Look at this kid It's touching this guy's trash cans, just putting them all out of order. Someone call the cops. Um, uh, I am alarmed at the amount of incidents that even ring catches, which I bet pales in comparison to the calls that are coming in. Right. I, it feels like I've never seen anything like that before. No, it's no. every night in golden. There's like seven break-ins, seven home inv— not an invasion, but someone broke into my home, cars being stolen every day.
0: I know. Um, let's see. And there's what
1: do the- people do? Like it, there's like a fear to that. Like Everyone here in our office carries multiple guns, so we're kind of that group. But, like, what does the average person do? Because okay. it's, it, yeah, it is kind of scary out there. Anyways, you were about to say something before I cut you off.
0: I was just going to say, um, so my buddy Vinny, who works in Boulder. What up, Vinny? Vinny Monte. He's actually a stand up I
1: know Vinny. You do know I Vinny? used to do stand up, bro. For real? Fuck yeah, I know Vinny. Vinny's big my,
0: guy. Yeah, he's is my guy. Is he going to do this weight loss he's my, journey
1: with you? Uh, he started. Let's go, Vinny. So we, we used to do stand up together.
0: Really? Yeah. Dude, Vinny's my best friend. Fuck yeah, that's dope. What I a small thought, world. He has COVID right now,
1: actually. Oh, fuck, Vinny. Get well, bro.
0: I asked him yesterday how he's was doing He said he's on the men's, so. That's good. Hopefully it stays that way, but.
1: He, he's like fluffy, but our version. Yes. Colorado. Our version. Love Vinny.
0: Vinny's a good dude. So
1: um, That is crazy. That is so cool.
0: They had two uh, officer-involved shootings just last week in Boulder. Boulder doesn't have officer-involved shootings. That's nuts. You know?
1: It was some frat kid just whiling out.
0: I, I don't know what the, the calls were, but I, I do know that he said they had two officer-involved shootings. And then um, I know across the state there were several that same week. It was just
1: Now, when you say officer-involved shooting, that means an officer tried to stop someone. Someone shoots at them.
0: No, it means an officer shot at somebody.
1: Which means it was a significant threat.
0: Correct. Mm.
1: That's crazy. Well, I would love to see Vinny.
2: I should get him on the pod.
0: You should. I'm gonna send you a I'm gonna send a picture of you to
2: him right now. Yeah. Live call outs right now.
0: Oh look Live he
2: tried call-out. to call me twenty minutes ago. That's hilarious. Should we get him on the phone? We can call someone in.
1: <laughs> I hope I don't know if he would remember me in it. Maybe. I think so. We did a lot of stand up together. You want in me, a lot of weird rooms. To, oh yeah. You want dude. me to call him and and put him on speaker really quick? No, you're good. Okay.
0: Um let me see. I'd love can, to get him in here. Yeah, definitely. Right, I'll, I'll, we'll give him a call after we're done. Here. Um,
1: okay, so COVID, you're going through it. It's crazy how much pressure that must have felt like for you. Um, you and I talked about mental health before you came on, and I think that old the old Chris Miller who played football and rugby and you know just you know fights and willingly trains with UFC guys and all this shit. I, I for a long time growing up, I used to think it wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Yes. And I know now that I deal with anxiety. I deal with huge swings in my, in, I mean, even last year I was so depressed because of the company and what felt like all this pressure and COVID and the pandemic. We also went through supply chain issues, freight issues, diesel issues. Uh, there was a week I didn't get out of bed, bro. I I feel that. And it finally took me admitting it to every one of these guys. Like I sat them all down. I would I couldn't come into the office. I was so anxious and nervous to lose everything. And I felt like a failure. I couldn't face anybody. So I had to come in one day and was just like, guys, I'm depressed. I'm fucked up. And I need your
0: help. That is exactly how I got better, bro. I had to become my own advocate. Mm. I'd always thought I could do it myself. And I always had done it myself. But I'd never experienced anything like this before, right? And a part of me wishes I had known how this felt. When I was working, so I could deal with people better or understand mm,
1: better. That's deep, bro. Because,
0: you know, I'm like, oh, God, I have anxiety. Okay, well, It goes back to the training, eh? Right, yeah, mm. exactly. I mean, obviously, that, that's a hard one to train on unless sure. you've experienced it, but. Because it gives you some empathy. Right, exactly. Mm. And so I'm like, all right, you know, everybody's got anxiety. Shut up, you know, turn around, just do what I'm telling you to do.
1: Right, you right.
0: Know? And now, I get it, mm. you know, like the, when you have that anxiety attack or that panic attack, I never forget my first anxiety attack. I was in Texas uh, doing a, an appearance for uh, some law enforcement thing and I was in a hotel laying in bed Had, I guess I was just stressed. I, d- I didn't feel stressed, but all of a sudden my heart started pounding and it was like midnight. Like boom, 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 boom. I thought I was having a heart attack. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. So I jumped in the shower. I'm like trying to like figure things out. I'm like, do I call a 911? Is this a heart attack? What is this? <clears throat> laid down. Wait, you
1: called 911? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I ended up not
0: calling 911. I <clears throat> Once I started researching, I'm like, I think I'm having an anxiety attack. Don't know why, but I think that's what it is. Um, Laid down and I was trying to fall asleep. And every time, right when I was about to go into a sleep, my body would just jolt myself. Away. Mm. And so that happened like ten times and I finally passed out. And I'm like, what the hell was that the next day? And then <clears throat> that was even before COVID, but that was my first anxiety attack. And then COVID.
1: Do you remember what you were stressed out about?
0: Absolutely not. I have no idea where that came from. Hmm. No idea. I think just traveling and trying to make sure that I'm I was just doing a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doing this appearance and um could have been know, like a hormonal thing. I think so. Yeah. But then, Which by the way, guys, when I say hormonal for
1: you tough guys, I don't mean like he was on his period. I mean like when you're stressed, travel, dehydrated, your blood sugar drops, your cortisol drops. That's what I mean by hormones. Yes. And if you're not paying attention to those, exactly. you can have breakdowns. Yes.
0: And um, I know at that point I wasn't sleeping I well. Was, I was up at midnight in, in Texas when I... And
1: to sound like a dick, but you were heavier then? This is when you were like...
0: No, I wasn't. I was heavier than I am now but I wasn't near the point I was during covid. Mm. This was probably 2017, 2018 mm. when I when I had my first anxiety attack. And that was the last one I had until the pandemic. So that at least helped me in the regards for when I started having them constantly during covid, knowing that what was going on and not uh, freaking out, but So
1: what would be like a normal day during covid for you where it would like come up?
0: Uh, at night. It was always at night trying to fall asleep.
1: You know, I have a theory on that. I have this theory that number one, if you want to be successful in life, you really have to eliminate distraction. Yes. There's more distractions than ever from your phone to the car to blah, 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 to the show you like. I also have this theory that because we're so busy during the day, we never allow any time to process. Right. We don't have any scheduled time to think. Right.
0: When you're on the go, you're you're good and as soon as you have that chance to start thinking about things and and it
1: happens when you lay down at night. Yep. Because you've never stopped during the day and just let me just sit here and think for 30 minutes. Right. And it all comes rushing in at night, which is yeah, because you just haven't given yourself any time. Most of us won't even go to bed and like just get it all out on paper first. Just to dump it out. Mm-hmm. We wait till we're laying there and then you're like, Oh fuck. Right. Yeah.
0: So one thing I did that I swear by and it's pretty corny, but, um, I'd always been somebody who like never made his bed or, you know, didn't keep his room very clean. There's always dirty laundry on the floor, like a can on the nightstand, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I decided to like make my bedroom like my Zen room. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is, I'm going to keep it clean.
1: I don't think that's corny. No. I think that's cool shit. Yeah. I I love it. So I got, he does the same thing.
0: All the, uh, uh, LED lights. Dope. uh, Dim the lights. I got humidifiers going at night. I got smell good. I got, um, rainwater playing on my Alexa, you know,
1: see again, men, tough guys who watch this. Why is that? some, why, why can't we even say that? They're like, almost hurts the guy to be like, no, my room is like, it's fucking Zen. Like, why can't uh, we just be open right, about, no. no, fuck it. If that's what works. Like I like spas and I don't give a uh, shit who knows about it.
2: I love spas. I don't care if I you love think spas. Yeah, it's good to take care of yourself. That's bro. That's, that's dope. So where
1: did the idea come from?
0: Um, I think, um, one day I had some, I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, I need to, Pick up my room, and it felt so good to have a clean mm. room with the bed made. And I'm like, you know what? You, you know, just like after your house gets clean, if yeah, so you, yeah, you have a, a maid service or you clean the house, just it just feels good and you feel relaxed and it's like welcoming and it's like not a place of stress anymore. Mm. Or you already got the stress, and then you're like, oh, I got it. All oh, this laundry on the floor remind you, you got to do laundry. You know, just little things like that. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get some led lights and put it under my bed. And then I'm like, that's love. That looks really cool. That is lovely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is lovely. I'm like let me get some and light up the back wall behind my uh, headboard. That looks really cool. I know I need some music. Now it needs to smell good in here. You Fuck. Know? Yeah. You
1: know? That's dope.
0: Yeah. And, I love I get
1: made fun of all the time. One of my favorite, I have these weird quirks, the things that I love. Um, one of them being uh, trailer trash dammy. I love her. Two is um I really love gas lamps. Oh yeah. One of my favorite periods of time is like the late 1800s in, in London. I just love that sort of gothic um vibe. I don't know why. Um, but I really love mood lighting. Yeah, me too. And I'll be around like homeboys. Like Chris, Chris can't deal with any of this. If he were here right now. He wouldn't, he'd be like not making fun of us, but he'd be like, I don't, he doesn't get it and he'd make fun of me. Um, but I love mood lighting. I love like a candle in the room. I love like when you go to a restaurant and they have, you know, these are bright uh-huh. when there's like a gas lamp in the room and it's, I don't know. i i and, uh, actually even Gina makes fun of me for loving mood lighting. Like I'll stop walking somewhere and be like, look at the lights this guy has. They're fucking beautiful. I love mood lighting.
0: Every switch in my house is a dimmer. I love it. <laughs> or it's a smart bulb so I can dim it. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. All the
2: colors. And- yeah, when I'm editing, I got that candle going. i just like, turn down all the lights in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when Matty, so this has basically become Matt's office, which I'm jealous because he has the coolest office in the building. When he turns these off, we have all these mood lights everywhere. Look, and I'll come in here and it'll be like purple and blue, and he's, he's got a candle on, yeah. and it'll be like noon. <laughs> And he's just in here vibing.
0: Yep. That's me. I cannot wait to go to bed every night now.
1: That's awesome. Where
0: I used to dread going to bed. i stay up till like 3 or 4 in the morning playing Call of Duty. Um, just
1: get a fellow COD player.
2: Join the squad, Let's dude. go. Let's go. <laughs> Love me some Call of Duty.
1: Um, environment matters. Yes, it does. One of the yeah. things that you can do to get yourself out of a rut, and I think this has been verified, is change your environment. Yep. It could be walking outside. Uh, if you feel it coming on, you can, uh, Tony Robbins calls them pattern interrupts. Oh yeah. You know, like you'll, if you see him in a seminar, someone will be like, and i lost my job and he'll just go shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he does it to snap them out of the, the loop that they're in. Right. I think, uh, environment matters a ton, man.
0: Yep. I 100% agree. And I, I will 100% say that it has definitely helped me.
1: So you'd be laying there at night and then, and then news all day. Um, worried about your mom worried about the, the, the uh, worried about COVID and it would just,
0: yep. And so I'd lay there eyes closed and my mind would just race. And then I'd get up, grab my phone and be like, all right, what do I need to check to make me feel better? And it would always make me feel worse. And then I'd start having these laying in bed. Um, so at my highest, I was about 265 pounds mid pandemic Mm. and, um, heaviest I'd ever weighed in my life. And so a lot, I just thought it was like just being overweight. Like my, my heart was pounding. So my, uh, resting heart rate was between 90 and a hundred beats per minute. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah that's bad. high.
1: Um, one is like full
0: sprints, right? Yeah. So, um, and then I'd have these attacks in the middle of the night where I would just, my heart would start pounding and then I'd have to sit up, take breaths, and then jump in the shower, take a cold shower, try and, you know, zap my brain, um, I was very hesitant to go to a doctor. I didn't want to be prescribed medication.
1: Mm, how come?
0: Um, side effects, mostly, probably, mm-hmm. uh, more than anything. I just, if it's, I'm like always like at the one percenter of like, if something's going to go wrong, it's going to be, it's going to happen to me <laughs> kind Yeah. Of thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to
1: take. My boy it. Steve's like that. Really? Do you get hurt a lot? Like we went for a hike, you're the guy that's going to catch the one rock to the ankle. Yep.
0: Yep. So I'm like, Uh, God damn it. Daniels, (laughs) you you get me on this medication. I'm going to be the one that turns suicidal or homicidal. Oh fuck. I don't want that. Mm. So I had a long conversation with my doctor and she's like, I, you know, this medication is good. You you don't got to worry about that. So she prescribed it to me and I didn't take it for like the first month. Mm. And then, uh, kills me to say that I it's probably the number one thing that's helped me get back on track. Mm. So, um it's kind of hurt my weight loss because mm. it, it, that medication, it's Lexapro it tends to mm. help, you know put weight on you. So, um, but my but it really was, helped. Oh, 100% and I'm still on it to this day. And so. what
1: is what's the change that you feel?
0: Um so the one thing that I didn't like at the beginning was I felt emotionless. So, this is we're going to see how well we're connecting like American idol. And mm-hmm. somebody gets a golden ticket. Mm-hmm. I would like get teary eyed mm-hmm. happy with, you know, like tears of joy. Mm-hmm. So just very, I'm a very emotional guy. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I started taking it, no emotion, bro. So other
1: tip to anyone who wants to get rid of your emotions, just start a <laughs> beverage company. Cause I have <laughs> none left. I have no empathy left or take Lexapro or take Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lexapro, by the way, do you want to sponsor the show? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So, um, so from emotional guy to now, you see someone win, and you're like, oh, who cares? Yeah, Couldn't but not guess. in a bad way. Was it almost like
0: it just? Yeah, it just didn't affect me. It didn't resonate with me like it normally did. Mm. Like, oh, that's so cool. This person is living out their dream. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was like, cool, good for them. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't. Um, and it's not and as you, bad as And a, you,
1: you, so you identified it and you're like, I kind of don't like this. Yeah.
0: I hated it. Mm. I hated it actually. Cause I'm like, I've always been an emotional guy and I, I liked it that way. It wasn't like, it wasn't overly emotional, but I liked that I could, um, connect and be like, if you had a, a story and I could feel your pain, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing and, or your happiness and just be happy for you or be like, um, I can't think of the word you I want to it, use,
2: but that made you a good officer. The fact that you can, like, if something was going on, you can almost read it at a deeper yeah, level. It's empathy,
1: It's connecting. It's, um, is that yes. kind of what you mean? It's, yes. it's being able to hear you. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, that. that's a kind of double edged sword in law enforcement because yes. obviously it's a job more than anything. And your job is to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. So do you have discretion? Obviously, but there's some things that, need to be handled and you're like shit you know this this what i'm about to do is going to ruin this this person's life mm. but it's my job and they need to be held accountable for what they did you know yeah so you don't want to be too emotionally invested in anything that you're dealing with on on the street because nothing will ever get done you know? yeah yeah okay this is the last time i'm gonna take
1: your weed and just be a bunch of sidebar conversations happening all over the place.
0: (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so, uh, I didn't like that. And that kind of tapered tapered down a little bit. Um, um, I know we didn't touch base on this, but about a month ago, my mom did pass away. I'm so sorry, bro. I appreciate that. And it literally, it was my worst fear. Uh, huge mama's boy. Same. And, um, So I'm 36 for my whole life. I was like, what am I going to do when my mom dies? Mm-hmm. I would think about that constantly. I'm not going to survive, I'm not going to survive this. Um, so when it happened, um, I don't know if it's the pro, um, but I wasn't as emotional as I thought I was going to be, but mm. my mom was sick mm. and over the pandemic, um, I uh, stayed a lot at my parents' house to help my dad care for my mom. Cause um, she needed, that uh, care. And so I watched my mom suffer and be miserable for two years. You know, the last two years of her life were horrible. She had, uh, she was in, uh, uh renal failure after a transplant that she'd already had with a ton of compl- uh, complications with her transplant. And, uh, so a part of me is, uh, like a weight lifted off of my shoulder that I know my mom's not suffering anymore. Mm. And uh, I don't have to witness that anymore because mm. it would tear me apart every day. Yeah. When she was just really sick, and I'm like, why, you know, cliche, but I, w- I would do anything to switch spots with her. Yeah. You know,
1: it's one of the hardest things to ever go through right. to watch one of your parents who's a pillar in your life. Like when my dad died, because we talked about this before the show kidney and liver failure went full septic. He didn't even look like a human being. Yeah. When I walked into the hospital, he didn't even look, yep. I didn't even know who it was at first. Um, really tough thing to see someone deteriorate Yeah. and you can never prepare for it. There's nothing you can do to tell anyone afterwards how to feel or how to deal. Right. Um, like I hated my dad's wake because everyone would be like, how are you feeling? i be like, how the fuck? And I'm a dick. Right. So I'm like, how the fuck do you think I feel? You got any more brain busters for me? I feel like shit. Yeah. Um, It's just fucked all the way around. It's not, it's.
0: A lot of people are like, well, you're really lucky that you got to say goodbye, you know, because my mom went into hospice and um, it took her from the day she got in till she passed away. was 15 days. So Mm. uh, I do feel fortunate that I got to lay it out all on the table and i got to tell her everything before Mm. you know she went into a coma but the process of watching your mom deteriorate and just become a you know uh, a vegetative yeah yeah, not that i would rather that my mom i mean i wanted my mom to go quick for her her sake i didn't want her to suffer but a part of me wishes it was a lot quicker because all I see is how she looked in, in hospice. And yeah, the, the days leading up to it, and being next to her when she took her final breath. And yeah, it's hard to hard to think about. You know. Um,
1: By the way, bro, it's going to take it years. Yeah. It takes years. Like I, when my dad went, it, I would try to tough it out. I was back at work on Monday. I got called in, watched him die over the weekend dealt with all the family stuff because no one in my, yeah, I just had to deal with all that shit too. his estate, his shit, his, the money, the burial, um, back at work on Monday, not smart. We weren't as open back then about mental health issues. So I was fucked up. And then, um, I used to tell myself like, cause you were really close to your mom. I, my dad was an alcoholic. And so a lot of my relationship with him was tumultuous one of the things that really fucked me up at the time is I was so Christian. I thought he was in hell too. So I was like dealing with that battle. Um, but I used to think, you know, and it gets better every day, but I used to think, man, this is the month. And then there's still times years later where you'll see a photo and just fucking fall apart. And it's all those it's all those things. Like for me, it was always all the things I never said, or did I really try hard enough as a son? Did I, did he really love me? Did he, um, that start to fuck with your brain? Um, for me, it was the trying hard enough that I really, and the thing I always tell people now who are young, like us, because you think you have a ton of time and you don't, um, and after losing a parent, really spend time with your, pa- even if, even if you hate them, yep. forgive them. They were just doing their best. You, you know, you selfish prick get over yourself Forgive them, right build a relationship because yeah it it's really um, it's really I, this sounds so contrite and sort of douchey, but it is so final. it is
0: finite. Yeah. Um, you only have one mom, yeah, you only have one dad it's it's crazy. so uh my mom was very much a part of my social media M- more of like my stories and like day to day stuff. She was in like one video of mine that I like scripted video that I did where I pulled her over and I'm like what's your street name? <laughs> and she goes Mayberry Road. And I'm like no, what's your street name? Goes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just got that.
0: So <laughs> that was the only video she ever did. Um and uh, she hated it. She didn't want to do it and I'm like please do it it'll be funny. Um but anyway, but uh, I'd always post about my mom, um, you know, her health and in my stories. I, when we were in the hospital over the years, um, my mom has always been sick, um, ever since I started social media. So a lot of my followers were very well aware of what was going on with my mom. So when it came time to, um, for when she passed away, I obviously had to let my fan base know that my mom passed away and. So I became very vocal about, you know, hey, go hug your mom. I just, on Facebook, go hug your mom. That was the most. And if if there's one thing that I could get across to people is that this sucks and you're going to regret not spending more time. You know, you're never going to say, man, I I spent too much time with my mom. (laughs) You know, you're never going to think that. You're like, I wish I would have spent more time with
1: her. You're making me want to call my mom right now no, you're right. It's, and you don't, it sucks. Cause we're all, we're all idiots at the, for the most part, we're all so selfish and caught up in our own bullshit yep. um, that we don't take the time. And then it takes something like that to make you realize it is precious that they don't have forever. You don't have forever. Yeah. We'll probably see you in the next life when we're all energy and light and love. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then I would even say, like, like I said, to repeat it, if even if you have beat, like I know, so this story happened to me and I remember ch- like evangelizing everyone, like you, like just telling people like this fucking sucks. And I'm just warning you, right? I would go even deeper and harder on people who I knew had beef with their parents, especially men where I'd be like, dude, just fucking trust me. Like forgive him, learn to forgive. Once you do, then just press in. Because you don't want it to happen and have that that murderous, tumultuous time that I did of like, I didn't press into my dad. Yeah. I was too much of a pussy to stand up to him and be like, dude, I know we got some shit going on, but I forgive you. You're a mess. Your dad came home from World War II and fucked you up. I get it. Um, And it, that killed me, like me thinking like I was a pussy and I couldn't, maybe I could have saved him or...
0: Right. You know, and... <clears throat> It's, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced losing um, uh, somebody that's close to them. It's different when a parent passes away, right? But still, that feeling of after it happens, just wanting the world to pause and it, it doesn't. The, the sun will come up tomorrow. People around the world are going to go back to work. You know, the world did not revolve around my mom. And
1: that's a crazy thing you just said. It's, you're in this despair laying on the floor. You've had your eighth piece of pie washed down <laughs> with a fucking bush light. And you're like, why doesn't anyone, what is everyone still doing?
0: Right. Like, why, isn't
1: that a crazy thing? Yep.
0: Like, why is not that? why is the world not mourning with me? Why are we not, you know,
1: it's almost like no one gives a shit. Right.
0: And they do, but you know, you, you got to keep going. And it's a, it's a hard lesson to learn the first mm. couple of days. Like, okay, this is, sounds how it's going to be the rest of your life. And you just got to keep going. You got to keep doing
1: it. Got to keep marching.
0: Yep. So I'm still learning, you know, it hasn't even been a month. Uh, the 12th will be a month. So what is today? The eighth. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's been, been rough. What uh, was your mom's name? Kathy.
1: Rest in peace, Kathy. Thank you. That was my grandmother's name.
0: Oh, yeah. C or a K.
1: C. My mom was a K. Oh, okay.
0: So, and then, uh, you know,
1: well, you seem like you're doing remarkably well.
0: I'm trying, I'm trying. So like, everybody grieves differently. So after my mom passed away, so I was actually in Nashville for a month prior to my mom getting sick. Well, she, um, she went into the hospital while I was in Nashville, um, got out and then a day later went back into the hospital and I got a FaceTime call from my dad and I was in the car with trailer trash Tammy. She lives out in Nashville now and I was out there shooting some stuff and doing, um, some things at the Opry and stuff. And I was in a car full of people. I was driving. My dad FaceTimes me. And I knew my mom was in the hospital. So I answered while I was driving. And my dad goes.
1: It's against the law, sir. Yeah,
0: I mean. yes, <laughs> But everybody does it. Um, <laughs> i just um,
1: So you answer the call.
0: And he's like, are you busy? And I'm like, well, I'm driving. It was called me back later. And I just knew what he was going to tell me. And I said, no, you can tell me. I said, is it bad news? He goes, yeah. And we were just pulling up to trailer trash, Tammy's house. And so we sat in the car, this whole group of people and I had to hear from my dad and my mom that my mom was going to the hospice and like, I'm in Nashville and I'm like, I just want to be there, you know? Mm. And like, I thought it was very urgent. Like she was going to pass away the next day or yeah, like, I didn't know what was going on. And so I really wanted to get home and then I felt bad because I had planned this month long trip to Nashville when I knew my mom wasn't doing well and I should have stayed home. Mm. But where was your mom? Here.
1: Oh, in Colorado. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. And uh, so I flew back home. Uh, 15 days later, she passed away. And probably four days after she passed away, I flew back to Nashville and to go finish what I was doing in Nashville because I knew. I would sit at home and feel sorry for myself and go into this place that I had been before that I did not want to go back to. And mm. uh, you mean
1: that kind of scary, just anxiety, anxiety dark depression,
0: yeah. mind racing? And I, I do have my mind race a little bit uh, at night. Like I'll, things will just pop into my head about my mom, which is natural. Normal, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it, but um, I didn't want to go into the place that I just got out of. And so I, I was like, man, are people going to judge me for, you know, going out and starting to live my life again so soon after my mom passed away. Like everybody knew how much of a mama's boy I was and how devastated this was going to be for me. And then they see me back out in Nashville at the Opry, hanging out with country music stars and stuff like that. I'm like, are they going to judge me? Everybody was so supportive. They're like, you know, you you. Grieve however you need to grieve. And I think it was probably the best thing for me because I, I knew I was going to just fight, go into this mental place that I wasn't going to be able to pull myself out of for a long time. So I feel good about everything. Um, I know my mom's in a better place. I know she's not suffering. I know she's looking down on me. I made a video when she was still coherent. She was laying in bed in hospice. I said, hey, mom, will you promised me something? She goes, what? What? I said, when you pass away, will you send me the Powerball numbers?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Kathy, if you're listening, can you, yeah, can you hook us up too? So, give us a sign. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I said, you know, if it's like $2 million, I don't want it. It's got to be like over half a billion dollars. Yeah, make it count, Ma. Yeah, make it count. Let's so, go. She's like, okay. I said, you write it in the carpet, in the sky, where wherever you need to, just make sure I get it, please. You know, and so it was pretty funny. Um, <clears throat> and that really captured our relationship. And, um, so I posted it and some people are like, Oh my God, can't believe you you, know, you posted poor pain, poor taste. I'm like whatever. This is, you know, you're obviously not a follower of mine because everybody who knew the relationship with my mom knew that that was yeah. us. And that was like our final moment. Um, and then probably two days later she became unresponsive and um, wouldn't open her eyes or talk or anything and started doing the, the grabbing. Yeah. So uh, that's my what dad I, was that's doing that
1: too. When you go septic <laughs> like that, you start to go crazy. Yep. Uh, he would sit up in bed pretty violently and start saying weird shit. And, um, yeah. Horrible.
0: Let's talk about something happy. Yeah. Can, it's can a we? back
1: half. Let's lift it back <laughs> up.
0: Yeah,
1: <let's> do it. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, I think the boys had some videos they wanted you to react to. No. Easton didn't get him.
0: Oh man. I love re reacting to videos. I'll text them.
1: Yeah. Text them. See if you can get him. Um, one thing I do want to talk to you about, it seems like you're kind of a social media guru. What do you, what do you, sometimes I feel like I try too hard at it.
0: I, uh, I don't claim to be a know-it-all, but I probably been through most of everything, whether, you know, being demonetized or losing access to your page or any of that. Um, dos and don'ts um, I try and stay up on trends you know stuff like that so I do feel like I have a solid foundation for giving advice but I wouldn't say I'm an, an expert or a know-it-all or like I wouldn't hold a class or go do a seminar to hey this is what you need to do to be successful on social media
1: what are three things
0: um, the biggest thing uh, currently is watch time on for videos videos are the all the platforms are competing with TikTok. That's why Instagram and Facebook came out with Reels, YouTube Shorts. YouTube Shorts, um, the Snapchat. Uh, what is that called? Does anyone use Snapchat? I've okay. never even been on it. I have um, like 360,000 subscribers on Snapchat, but
1: damn. Uh, 2.5 uh, 2. million on Facebook too, which is a big number.
0: Yeah, Facebook is my biggest platform. Um, and I despise Facebook and I, I wish it wasn't my biggest platform cause I don't want to deal with it anymore. Cause Facebook just sucks.
1: Yeah. From a business perspective, we've always had issues with Facebook. Yeah. For those of you who don't have a business on Facebook, you don't spend a lot of time on it. Um, first of all, they don't have like a number you can call, No, nope. which is shocking.
0: Yeah, you cannot call Facebook.
1: And they know that there are businesses who 50% of their revenue comes from or more comes from that platform. There's no one you can call. We've had times where our account's been hacked and someone ran up a hundred thousand dollar bill. Oh Jesus. Um, quick, like in a day. Wow. Because we were running so much volume on ad spend. Uh-huh. Someone basically hacked in spent a hundred grand. It was a Korean. It was like a Korean, um, like shorts company. Like it was awful. Uh, we only got like 20% of it back cause you can't call them. You can't be like, Hey, this wasn't us. Then on top of that, they shut our account down. Um, it took two months to get it back up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all through like chat.
0: Yep. And or they don't understand you or they don't answer your question. Yeah. Oh, it's miserable.
1: And we've spent millions of dollars yeah. on Facebook. Millions.
0: And you'd think between businesses and creators, the people that, you know, making them money the or, platform, yeah. right, Or, you know, keeping people on the platform, you know, you'd think he would have some special.
1: Yeah. Like over 2 million followers, you get a special phone number,
0: right? You get um, somebody that a rep that you can say, Hey, um, I got dinged for this and it's not a, I know for a fact, it's not a community by bi- violation. Can you look into it? So what happens to me a lot is I'll get these random violations that are not violations. I'll, um, request a review. They'll say, Oh, sorry, you made a mistake. But if I get like timed out, like, Oh, you can't comment for 7 days because of this violation. The violation, the the timeout is still good. I still have to do 7 days in timeout even though they reversed the the violation.
1: So so dumb. Yeah. So what would you say again? So video so video viewership, yes.
0: So yeah, watch. you've
1: obviously done a really good job of creating content that's engaged people for someone listening, who's like a plumber, we have a lot of athletes who follow this, who probably want more followers. Um, what would you tell them? Is it get better at studying video? And even if it's just with your phone and start to get good at video content, whatever that may be.
0: Yes. Well, pay attention to what's viral and try and figure out why it's viral.
1: It seems like right now what is viral is taking a video of you with someone else's soundbite.
0: Yes, so yeah, TikTok has made that very much a trend where you you're like lipping what you're yeah. being said yeah. or, or you're reenacting the the audio of the of what's going on in the audio. Um but yeah, watch time is the biggest thing. So, if you have a minute-long video and you're the average person that spends 10 seconds watching it, the platforms are like, "People are interested in this. We're not going to recommend it. We're not mm. going to let it go." So, the first few seconds are very crucial to grabbing somebody's attention and keeping them to watch the majority of the video. So if they see, okay, 50 of the 60 seconds is where most people stop watching, they're pretty interested. And we're going to recommend this to our other followers or our other um, to other um, users on the platform.
1: So number one, the video needs to grab attention. The first few seconds. And do you, when you make a video, do you think in terms of the headline, like, or if you're, cause I see some of yours are reaction videos. Uh-huh. Um, if you're making a video, are you thinking that first three seconds is almost like a newspaper headline? Like everyone in Australia dies. Is it, it does it have to be like that compelling? Is it have to be funny? Does it have to be,
0: um, typically the reaction videos, what I do, I'll find something that's it's already viral. Like, okay, mm. people are already engaged in this, uh, the original, let me just watch it and react to it. And then, so it's viral be on my end or does good on my end because it's already something that's proven to be something that people will watch the, the whole length. Of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I kind of just do those reaction videos when I haven't posted in a while. I'm like, God, I should probably.
1: Post hey, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, like I try to make them relevant. So something with like a canine, you know something with you know, law enforcement canine or um So what about your original taste?
1: content? If you're gonna make an original content video.
0: Um it's just so hard these days. Back in the day, so I started on Vine, uh, twenty thirteen. Oh yeah.
1: Vine was a shit. Yes. <laughs>
0: R. I. P. Vine.
1: <laughs> yeah, rip Vine. Musk, bring it back, baby. Let's go, Musk. Bring
0: it back. Um six and a half seconds. You had six and a half seconds to tell a story and it was challenging, but it was fun. And so I'm like, uh, let's m- make some satire videos about law enforcement. So it was me, what I would do that always did very well was I'd, there'd be a viral video. So there's a compilation I have of running into your mom at work. And my mom hated these videos because she's like, this is what you think of me. And there was this guy on Vine who would find this old lady who cracked out lady when she talked, never made any sense. And he'd just go f- talk to her and he'd film her and she'd just say this outlandish stuff. And she like, hot dogs and ketchup, you know, just <laughs> these random things. So i um, I would splice Bing myself Bing Bong. Exactly. <laughs> I'd splice myself into them and make it appear as though I'm having this like, conversation. Like say shocking you right, I get it. from a patrol car or whatever. And um and people love that. And, um, so that was kind of where I got my start. And then I just kind of started taking concepts where I'm like, okay, this is doing well on vine. So like there's this guy named mighty duck who like, Ooh, he's stealing where he'd just mess with people in the <laughs> yeah, grocery yeah. store. I'm like, God, wouldn't that be funny if a cop did that? So.
1: <sighs> Meaning I, like you walk into a grocery store and you're like, he's stealing just to have people turn around. <laughs> yeah. So what
0: I ended up doing was I had, um, somebody in in the trunk of a car and I'm in my patrol car. I'm like, Ooh, he's stealing. He's stealing. He looks and then he just takes off running. (laughs) (laughs) And and so then I take off after him in my car and I hit the siren and then the the video ends and it's,
1: was that that a real reaction? Someone thought, or was that rigged? No, that that was staged.
0: Got it. I said, Hey, so um, I was actually assigned out of high school. And there was a, a baseball player in the parking lot, he didn't have the last period and he was grabbing his stuff out of his trunk to go to baseball practice because school was almost over. I said, Brody, um, you on Vine? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, I have thirty three thousand followers on Vine. He's like, What? I'm like, yeah. I said, You you want to make a Vine really quick? <laughs> yes. He's like, Yeah.
1: What a cool way to engage with the community right? too. <laughs> yeah.
0: And like, you know, Mighty Duck, we like, Ooh, he's stealing? He's like, Yeah. I'm like you get in your trunk and I'm going to do that to you and you just take off running. It was one take. It was my first viral video, like millions, like probably a hundred million, if not more. Wow. Between, because what ended up happening is people stole it and put it on Facebook. And so, I mean, it was everywhere. That's crazy. But, um, so yeah, I just, you get you got to study the platforms and what's
1: key study. Yeah. I think too many people just, post shit yeah. and there's no thought to it. Yeah. Do you think anyone could be a creator? Cause everyone wants to be one. I've been doing, I've been on these rants. Like the more you get to know me, cause I hope you come and hang out with us uh, more often. Uh,
0: now that I know this place is here, dude, I was so excited when I, when I saw you guys were local. Um, and I'm not far at all. I'm like 15 minutes from you guys. So you
1: were already so. a fan of the product, had no idea we were here. Correct. That's crazy. That is so cool.
0: So during my, uh, healthy, uh, lifestyle change, I'm like, I can't do just water all the time. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. I, you know, I drink a lot of water, but I'm like, I got to find something that just gives me a little something, you know, just tastes different, but it's still good for me. Yeah. So I, all your healthy, uh, sodas, I, I was trying and everything was horrible and I'm, uh, I don't mind. You mean like
1: an Olipop Fuck them. I'll say okay. it. You, okay. mean like right. right. you mean like Ollipop? a Yeah,
0: like a we'll, kombucha. We'll name drop. I, I didn't know if we were allowed to. No. I didn't want to give them we, any. Let's bring the heat, bro.
1: Yeah, I'm vicious about. Um, we have a really strict policy in the office. If you bring in anything that's not in our can, you just get first warning. Second time, you get sent home without pay. And the third time, you're just fired.
2: Oh. Also, why would you oh. when we make this
1: excellent product. No, but, but the weird thing is I've had to bring it up numerous times. Like if, like if you work at Nike, you don't walk in and Reeboks, you wear Nike. Right. Um, (laughs) so I'm, yeah, I'm vicious about it. I'll even go to grocery stores and like push (laughs) cans back and shit. Like I'm hyper competitive. I love it. Uh, And we just make, we make awesome. We make awesome uh, products.
0: Yep. There's one of them. Yeah. See, that's somebody that stole my video. That's
1: not, I want to, I I do want to see this, but, uh, so I've been going on this rant lately because I think what you've done is amazing. I think, again, thank you again for your law enforcement, um, career. And then you were able to successfully become what everyone wants to become, which is a creator work from home. Uh, I get to be cool on social media. Um, everybody wants that. And I've been going on this rant lately, that the internet is sort of screwing people up that way, and so is OnlyFans. So you have this yeah. like group, you have this generation of kids who think I'm going to be a creator on OnlyFans. Don't learn a lot of life skills, and we're going to have this huge gap in yep. technical things that we really need: plumbers, scientists, engineers, because everybody wants to be a creator.
0: Oh yeah, I, I don't remember where I read it, but uh, doctors, nobody's being doc- studying to be a doctor anymore we're not going to have doctors here yeah, soon.
1: I think there's going to be a gap and it's going to screw up part of our economy and our, and our people, I think. And that's kind of what I was getting to with the pandemic. Like there are going to be effects of this thing for the next 20 years.
0: Yeah, it's going to linger for a long time. Not think, just the
1: anxiety and mental disorders, which we were already dealing with, which this exacerbated, but also the lack of like, you know, and as an, as an employer, uh, I'm more of an Elon Musk type. Like if you're not here, then don't come. You don't belong no. here. um, I'm very strict in that sense. And the, and the pandemic also showed everyone like, no work from home. Do you know, do whatever you want. Right. Uh, that's going to fuck people up too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Nobody wants to work anymore. Yeah. I mean, the supply chains are still jacked up. Um, we almost
1: had a freight shortage. We almost had a freight strike guys. Do you know what would have happened if oh, God. the freight companies were like, yeah, we're out. You're, you're talking total calamity, total breakdown of yeah. society. We, we collapse.
0: It's, we're such a society that wants things now, you know, Amazon has ruined us. Yeah.
1: And has no appreciation for what goes into, you know, to get this to your favorite store at your optimum shelf level takes railroad workers, uh, steel workers, people who mined it out of a a hill, the aluminum Uh, the technology adjust in this can to make it that thin took 50 years of science and progression. Uh, all the people in our warehouse, the flavor formulators, the ingredient suppliers, the people in our company, the marketers, the people at the grocery store, it takes, it takes a thousand people working really hard just so you can open this and go, "Mm, I wish it was more cherry flavor. Like that's the, (laughs) that's the society we live in. No one gives a shit about how it gets here. Meanwhile, there's, there is so much happening behind the scenes. Um, yeah, that was just a soapbox moment for me because we work really hard to make really great product, and uh, and a, and as I've grown in it, uh, I'll be in a grocery store and I'll just watch people, and you'll see people just like, mm, and you're like, do you know what it took
0: to dehydrate that chicken breast to
1: get into <laughs> a bag so you could open it in the store and then be like, mm, right, and just shit all over it. So you know, yeah,
0: social media is a lot like that in that respect. People don't take into account what it took to create a video. Right, right. You know, when you get to a a certain level where you're not just messing around on social media and you're like trying to make a living out of it, you're like, all right, I got to step up my game. So good lighting, good script, good angles, Mm. good mic, you know, good sound, good editing. And you spend all this time and money to make a three-minute video, a minute video. So
1: someone can threaten your life afterwards.
0: Threaten your life. Or or the... (laughs) It just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. You're like I have two and a half million followers and it got 50,000 views. Like that doesn't make any sense. Why? Yeah. You know, there's no, people don't engage with content because of what happened in the, to make it happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I get so frustrated. You spend all that time and money for it to flop. And then you have this dumb idea. You pull out your phone, 10 seconds, bleh, you post it and it's got 10 million views. Like, why do I even try? You know?
1: Yeah. Wow. Maddie, did you catch that? I bet that happens. In, he so Maddie makes music. That happens too.
2: in songs constantly.
1: You'll overdo a song, overthink it. You think it's, and then you are one of our editors <laughs> has a song that he spoofed about pirates. It's like him singing as a pirate and it has like 2 million downloads. Yeah. It's it, like platinum frustrates me. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. It's hard to gauge what people want and what works and yeah. what doesn't.
0: Yeah. Social media is very much a science. It used to be way back in the day when I started, uh, if you had 100,000 followers, 100,000 people were going to see what you posted mm. at least, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's, I probably average maybe 10% reach um, most of my platforms now compared to what my followers yeah, are. Wow. Yeah.
1: So going back to the question, do you think anyone can be a creator? Because I don't. I don't think so. Um, and now more than ever, the cream, you have to be the creme de la
0: creme. Right. Yeah. It's so saturated now. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I started, I never had any intention of, you know, 10 years later being on a podcast for Fit Soda. You know, I'd never realized that that was what it was going to come to. I was just
2: having fun. Yeah. You peaked, bro. Sorry. <laughs> this is the, <laughs> really? this is the pinnacle right here being <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah.
0: You know, but if you had told me 10 years ago that when I started making these videos that these kind of opportunities were going to be a part of my life, I'm like, why, you know, it don't make any sense. So I was never trying to be a social media person or an influencer or, you know, do this full time. I was just having fun. Yeah. When I realized what was going on. And, um, so the biggest thing was I re, uh, I was starting to get like emails and DMS and, um, pictures of, uh, cops sitting in a briefing room before or after shift and my videos would be up and it was like their form of escapism. Mm. So they would kind of relax and, you know, take the edge off by laughing at some of my silly videos. And it, I was honored, but I'm like, is this doing something more than what I would, you know, just making people laugh. Mm. So that's when I realized that I was, you know, I had something and that I needed to continue it because people were, you know, having that escapism using my videos, you know, if they were, had just dealt with a a dead child on a call, you know, Mm. and jump in the car and okay, let's, let's scroll Facebook. Oh, let's watch a compilation of officer Daniels. That's, he's a funny guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And I was really honored about that and I wanted to continue to do that. And so I kept growing and then I finally made the leap. I'm going to do this full time. And uh, I actually joined a nonprofit called Humanizing the badge, and I was on the board, and I started traveling and doing stuff with police departments across the country and what we called Project Human and we'd like set up these things or either like a um, community cleanup uh we get cops out of uniform and hanging out with the yeah, the I love that I love that, that. Kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and it was great um but uh slowly over the years these platforms have become so algorithm controlled that it's hard to do good on social media just because people want the, uh, uh, shock. Mm. They want to, you know, extremely funny or shock value. They don't, they don't resonate so well with, or the platforms don't allow the good feeling stories or stuff to, to go.
1: We're fucking doomed. Yeah. We're doomed.
0: I used to be like, man, I want to live forever. And now I can't wait to go.
1: Right. Yeah. When they talk about end of time shit, I'm like, I'll fucking be in the front row. Let's go. Yeah. I've done enough acid to realize that if that's the next step, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> I want to float around in those particles of light and hear beautiful music. And every time I bump into something, my jizz, cause I feel so good. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm fucking ready. Get me the fuck out of here. Also, if Jesus is as cool as he sounds like he is again, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So one other question about social media, and then I want to talk a little bit about your weight loss journey because I think it's awesome. And I saw in your thing your keto, which I'm i I'm like a carnivore guy. So yeah. um with creators, so first of all, you have to, you know, because I think one of the things if if anyone knows who Mr. Beast is, we're gonna review his burger today, I think. I'm a little nervous about it. Uh I've had it. Is it good? I liked it. Okay, good. Um, like I do food reviews and I don't hold back. If it sucks, I say it. uh, So Mr. Beast, if you guys don't know who he is, uh, he's going to be a multi-billionaire, biggest audience in the world. Uh, One of the intriguing things, like if you're going to be a creator, if you want to be successful, and I think this is true across the board in any profession you want to go into is do the homework. What Mr. Beast is always talking about is he's relentless about the analytics. He's relentless about view times. He's relentless about the the equation that goes into social media, and I think if you want to be a creator, really study the craft. There is a way to do it um, that works, and you have to be great. Yep. Um,
0: I guess I never answered your question. So, um, you have to have a purpose because people just nowadays just want to be famous. Mm-hmm. When I, I want to be TikTok famous. But like, what does that entail? Like, what? Why? Like, mm-hmm. so I, I the only reason I think I'm at the point where I'm at in my social media career is because there was a purpose behind it. It wasn't Mm. me trying to become somebody, you know, a a household name or, Mm. you know, try and get on the big movie screen or anything like that. It was, I just realized that what I was doing had a purpose. So I continued to do it.
1: Yeah. You know, who else said that is new lady golfer. Who's got a big following. She now works for the PGA tour. She said the exact same thing. Another very successful. She kind of came out of nowhere but hers was very similar wording, like, hey, I had a very specific purpose on Insta, which was teaching people that, hey, you can be a new golfer,
2: and here's the process. Right. And people responded to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, when you said uh, your best videos, we are talking about the things that pop off or, like, the 10-second, because you're having the most fun. And I think the intention behind that is, like, oh, it's having fun. That's why it's resonating more instead of, like, a forced video of, like, mm, some kind of right. cringe thing.
0: Yeah. When people can relate to something. So I I think a lot of my videos were popular back in the day because they were based off of like things that cops actually dealt with, but they were in a funny way. Yeah. And so people like, oh my God, I've dealt with somebody like that. Like yeah. our, my mom is just like that and I'm a cop, you know? Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. And um and then it gave a different perce- perception to a lot of people. I got a lot of comments when I first started, a lot of DMs from people like I used to hate cops till I found John Vine. Or oh, that's cool. You know, so that made me feel really good. It and, should. Um, so I, I knew there was a purpose, and I think that's if I started today, um, there's a million cops on TikTok today. Mm. I I've never been able to gain the traction I I had when I started. If I started today, just because it's so saturated and mm-hmm. it, it's hap You know, it's happening already. Where I was, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was the first guy to do it.
1: What do you think for creators? I'd love to get both of your opinions on this. Someone started. The only reason I do content, first of all, I, I do the podcast cause I love this. I feel connected to you now. I can't wait to see you more often. I loved our conversation. I I hope you become part of the crew here. Um, and I just love this part of it. I love interesting conversations about, yes. so I love, I just love having the the talk. It also for me helps that I know it's part of the company. and you know, if I were doing this podcast and it weren't part of the brand, I'd probably feel guilty. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of built in that way. The only reason I, I make other content and why we have a media side is cause I'm trying to grow the brand. Yeah. There's no question that audience is everything nowadays. Like yep. the rock could shit out anything he wants right now. He could sell bathwater and jars and probably make it a billion dollar brand because he has a massive audience everything I've always done around, you know, the last seven years is to build this brand. But what would you tell someone who's like, you know, maybe they have a vision of building a brand. Don't, especially if it's in food and beverage, just don't do it. Just (laughs) let craft and those guys continue to dominate Coca-Cola, Pepsi. They're going to destroy you. I'm just kidding. You should (laughs) follow your dreams. Um, (laughs) uh, but if someone was starting today Uh and they, and they have this sort of dream, Cause you said it, new lady golfer said is sort of have a niche, Yep. but is there any niches anymore? Like where would you tell someone to start?
0: I guess it's a little different between a content creator and, and a brand. So with the mm. content creator, I would just say, just post what, you know, Make content that makes you happy. You know, I w- I was making content. Be authentic. That, yes, authentic. I, you know, I wasn't hoping for millions of views. i was just like, oh, you know, this is funny. I think I'm funny. Let me just.
1: It's even more infuriating about you. You accidentally crushed it. <laughs> I did. What a dick. Really? <laughs> I really did. I accidentally just smashed it out of the park.
0: Um, Do you know who uh, Dane the Great is on TikTok? Uh. Uh-uh. So he's uh, a. St- I never go on TikTok. Oh, you're not on TikTok.
1: You're I mean, right? I'm on it, but like. I heard someone say the other day that TikTok won't be as relevant in like ten years because you're not really building a relationship with the creator. You're just kind of tindering the fuck out of your content. You know, you're just I agree with that. And okay. so I I just I just naturally stay on YouTube and Insta. Um Yeah.
0: So I always thought that, you know, a million followers on TikTok was like ten thousand followers on Instagram. Like mm. it's not that big of a, a a badge to wear. Yeah, yeah. Um But, you know, for – Dane the Great is a great example. So um, this guy, long before he became popular, um, he he would just make these videos. And he's funny, but it just couldn't gain any traction. But he just was persistent. And one day he did this video called Southern Dad. And now he's got like 3 million followers and all he does is Southern Dad stuff. So he just had to find something that worked. And then once it worked, you – chase it.
1: Yeah. Do you know John Christ? Yeah. Yeah. We used to do stand up together too. Yeah. I feel like he found his niche with like the church humor yep. videos. Yep. He'd kind of, and then, yeah, he's got his kind of niche. I mean, and he exploded too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Him and Vinny are good buddies.
1: I remember when John didn't have any followers. Yep. Uh, we were doing the three minute sets at comedy works. <laughs> yeah. And now he's headlining.
2: He was in one of my sketches John in film school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's super funny. Yeah.
0: John's a good dude.
1: Didn't he just go through like some, uh, like almost like rehab. Yeah. It's public, right? I mean, yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. He
0: actually talks about it on stage, and he talks about, you know, being suicidal. I had no
1: idea he was he was yeah. dealing with, like, uh, alcohol abuse or anything.
0: Yeah. So, I, long story short, for people who don't know, I he was, what any typical guy would do is, hey, you want to come to my show? Like, come hang out. You know, these girls were yeah totally down for it, but then it just, somebody got upset when he, like gave him a cold shoulder afterwards or something. so then, it, Oh, let me go tell all the news stations and post about it. And how he, you know, he made me have sleep with him so I could go to his show, you know, like, and then, so it just turned into something and they trying to cancel him and other girls came forward that they, you know, slept with him and for tickets and all that stuff that happened. Was that recent? Um, I think it was right when COVID was first starting. Cause he had that Netflix show, that special that was supposed to air on Netflix and it happened at the same time. And they pulled us. St- no shit. No.
1: Yeah. I was about to make a joke too. Cause like doing comedy is like, especially if you're a decent looking person is like fishing with dynamite. I mean,
0: so it's been in s- terms
1: of like hooking up, Matt, you'd experienced it in music. Like there's something Gina asked me once. She's like, why is it that people want to sleep with artists? And I'm like, first of all, I think it's because we have the courage to do something that most people are just attracted to. Yeah. And there's like a pheromone to it. There's like a, it's like appealing and you're the center of attention and then yeah, status symbol. Uh, yeah, but I think it's more than that. I think the reason we love certain, the idols we've identified in life, these like movie stars, the rock co- comedian, someone with a big following, it's cause you've had the courage to go a direction. None of us, most people can't even comprehend. Right. And so there's like an immediate built in attraction to it because really what you're showing them is what they could be that they probably have that in them somewhere too. And you're showing them you're an, you're an actual real life example of courage personified. And so there's an immediate pull to that.
0: I, I think it has a lot to do with, um, it being unobtainable. So it's like, uh. this guy's not touchable. He's famous. Like,
1: Wow. I didn't know John Chris was getting canceled.
0: Yeah. So they tried fuck. to fuck, but he, he came back. He did everything he was supposed to do. He went to rehab. They took his phone. It was and, just booze. No, it was a sex addi- addiction. I think is what he I don't I agree thought. with that. I don't
1: I said this on the last show. I don't think sex addiction is real. I don't. I think men wake up and we think about sex before we even think about food. Uh-huh. It's in our DNA yeah. to f- have sex. Like it's, it's so primal and like, we were joking last week and I'm not minimizing anything. So don't hopefully I don't get an email and a death threat. Um, we wake up and just start thrusting our hips. It's just
0: <laughs> like, like it's just part of the pro like, like a dog humping air.
1: Yeah. And I, I've said on this podcast like eight times that if they, if there was a pr- procedure where they could take out my attraction to women, I would have it taken out. It's so distracting. Yeah, It's all we think about. Most of us, if uh, your testosterone and hormone levels are good, you're constantly thinking about sex.
0: Absolutely. So
1: yeah. I don't know if sex addiction, is that a real thing? Cause you enjoy sex. I almost feel like it's one of those bad stigmas of like, because I like to hook up or is it be, if you're more of an, it's more of an abusive thing. Is that a sex addict?
0: Yeah.
2: I.
1: That's I hate that.
0: Right. I, I, and I
1: don't know I feel like his, using somebody. I know people who go to yeah. Burning Man and they run the orgy dome at, the orgy camp, are they sex addicts or is that just an expression of who they like sex, which we all should
2: anyway? Right. I think it's like, when sorry, it gets out out said, hand. I hate, I hate when people say that. And when it gets out of hand and like interferes with like work or um your personal life, then that may be a problem. Like when you're, is leaving. anyone
1: having that much sex though? <laughs> like it's ruining your life. Maybe John. <laughs> Camosy <Cimozy> is. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Wow. This is fascinating. So, so, so he basically invited the, I mean, he invited girls to comedy shows, hooked up with them.
0: Yep. Like any other normal red
1: blunted. Yeah. Yeah. Human would do. I'm sure Whitney, Whitney yeah. Cummings is doing that every show too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. right. um,
0: and wow, they came out and talked shit about him. Yep. And they tried to cancel him. And so I remember scrolling his Instagram and reading the comments after the story broke. And uh, people were all in his favor. Like they were like, this is stupid. We support you, John, you know? And so he took a hiatus from social media and they, you know, Netflix pulled the show um, and he just disappeared for a while. And um, fortunately, uh, since Vinny and I are so close, he's close to John. So he knew like that he was in rehab and what was going on. So I kind of had that inside information and then came out and he's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to keep going. And so he's, he's crushing it again. And I mean, I don't think he's got any residual issues from that. I don't ever see comments on any of his stuff he posts about that. And it was probably March, February March. He did a show downtown um, and Vinny actually opened for him, invited Vinny to go open for him. And uh, so I went to that and he actually talks about it on stage and talks about being so low when he was in rehab and, wanting to kill himself and mm. so he, wow. he, he does a really good job of having this great comedy show and with a, a good message at the very end because you know, he, he can't hide from that story. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm going to get out in front of it. And so I have a, a lot of appreciation for him and the way he handled it. Uh, Cause it was shortly after he came back um, that I went and saw that show. So he did a really good job and I know he's crushing it. And
1: well, good for John.
0: I have a, a person that I go to to get my hair and beard trim in Nashville. I'm in Nashville a lot. So I have a special barber and she does like, uh, she cuts John's hair and she cuts uh, Theo Vaughn's hair. Mm. Um, A lot of famous people out there. And so I don't know why I told you that, but I love it. Cool. Little.
1: I want to go see that barber. I want to be famous. Her name's Whitney. Whitney. Whitney Hey, if John ever sees this, I gotta, I gotta admit there was a time where I was jealous of John. I uh, uh, me too. I was really jealous of John. I, you know, I you know being a c- comedian, I you know I've never told anyone this, but I would even hate other comedians. I'm, like, I'm that competitive. Yeah, it, it's a problem. Um,
0: he just he had the gift. Like for me, like I I didn't know he was doing stand up. I when I was introduced to him, just from his videos on Facebook and stuff. I'm like, God, this guy is crushing it. And me knowing how the monetization works on Facebook, I'm like, this guy is raking in the money. Yeah, and everything you post is just gold. I'm like,
1: I know how, he's funny.
0: How can you be that consistent? I was,
1: I was jealous of you, John. You have a great brain. I've, I'm I've, glad you're doing well, buddy. And we, it's crazy because we we came up together. Like we were we were the newcomers at the three minute set comedy works. Yep. Thing like we literally started comedy at the exact same time.
0: Speaking of comedy works, so um, Chelsea uh, is a trailer trash champion. So <clears Except throat> if I say Chelsea, um, you know who I'm talking about she did a show comedy works back in february um couple nights two shows a night and on the last night so i was down there i actually did a i was her um her mc oh nice the first year and i didn't really i told like two jokes got on stage started the show introduced the comedians what I,
2: is I it with it. body cams yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and um
0: so this next tour that she did um I wasn't a part of, but it kicked off in Colorado at comedy work South. So I went down there and hung out and um, we got to stay in that apartment suite down there. It was pretty cool. And so the last night where um, the staff is cleaning up, they're like, guess who just showed up downtown? Chappelle. Yes. Yeah. Midnight. They're like, you guys need to go down there. So all Chelsea's posse is like busy, like loading up all the merch and stuff. And she's like, drive me down to uh, downtown mm. comedy works. I'm like, he right. pops
1: in there all the time. Yeah.
0: So we go down there and, um, you know, it's standing room only and two people had just left. So we got two seats and we got to watch and, uh, him just smoke cigarettes and riff. Yeah. And he had his whole entourage there. There was a ton of people yeah. backstage. And, um, the, one of the, Managers from down south
2: came to the new show. Oh my god!
0: What people are blowing my, you up? Yeah, I
2: hear you're on Fit Soda right now. Uh, tell everyone to say hi. This show is brought to you by. I have
0: my phone on do not disturb, and people are pushing um, notifications through. I hate that. You can do that, like so. Like on a text, it'll say um, your message it's been silenced, delivered quietly. Hit here to push it through. No shit. Yeah. That's, it was Mike, the cop. So <laughs> life <Mike>. hack. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Like anyway, so you guys get down there. So we get down there and one of the managers says, Hey, uh, or Chelsea's like, do you think I can go back and meet him? Mm-hmm. You
1: know, like, that green room back there is so small too. So it's tiny. the tiniest green room. And it's like a broom closet. Yeah.
0: So she's <laughs> like, let me, uh, let me see what I can do. And this was shortly after, um, that video where she's, uh, killed the roach with her tit did you see yeah
1: it? Uh, yeah yeah she likes to crush things with her boobs yes that's awesome
0: so she, um
1: <sighs> she does it's awesome
0: uh manager comes back she's like only chelsea i'm like damn it i'm like all right well whatever you yeah know? yeah so she's like oh my god i don't want to go alone like, sure. so she follows him and she goes through all the posse and they're like oh my god
1: they're all fans it's the <laughs> roach lady <laughs> right and
0: she's like So then she she couldn't even get to him because everybody wanted to take pictures with her. So she finally got back there and he hadn't seen the video, but she said he was super cool to her and he had heard about her. And somebody came in and like, you haven't seen the video of the roach. So she had to sit there with Dave Chappelle while he watched it. the video. That's stressful. (laughs) She said he died. So she was really happy. So
1: I, I will say this, um, with about Chappelle, uh, so when i would do comedy at comedy works you never know who would come through um he came through that club a lot so I, I there was nights i would do comedy and he'd be on afterwards and we'd be back there with him and stuff and he is just like the most grace you know gracious dude uh for how famous he is yeah such a good guy
2: yeah i was uh, there one time uh it was when i was working with the grox guys i delivered over it all like a fake gun to the back green room and they're like oh you should stay Chappelle's coming." And it was like after like a some sort of, I think it was like some riot and he had to come to Colorado to like blow off steam. And he's like halfway through his comedy show. He's like, I don't even want to do comedy. You guys want to go next door and party? And he <laughs> he closed down the Tilted Kilt and everyone that was in Comedy Works had to go in and he bought beer for everyone. He brought a DJ. That's and awesome. me and Kevin O'Brien were like, we're drinking Dave Chappelle's Coronas right now. This is awesome. That's this is dope. so fun.
1: That's that dope. Awesome. Well, man, we got to... Uh we got to wrap this up, but uh, this was, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing about, I think mental health is some, especially alpha men should talk about more
0: often. Oh, 100%. I am very much, a, very vocal about, you know, getting rid of that stigma because I think a lot of men suffer because they don't feel like they are allowed to say anything or they just have to tough it out. You know? I agree. And I probably wouldn't be here today if I didn't speak up. For myself, mm. if I'm being honest with you. So well,
1: I'm certainly glad you're still here, bro. Thank you. And I can't wait to get to spend more time with you. Yeah,
0: I think we still have a lot to talk about. So I'd love to come back. if Let's you run it to come back. back. Yeah, bro. Do a second segment.
2: Let's do it. Let's get the, uh, Booked the officer Daniel's podcast. Yeah. Started. That'd be fun. vinny
0: has been trying to get me to do a podcast with him.
1: Well, we're trying oh. to build a network. You guys should do it on our network.
0: Well, when we, when we finish here, we'll FaceTime him and say hi and see how he's doing and stuff. Cool um all right maddie thank you for having me I yeah appreciate bro, this it. was I had awesome a great time yeah this was awesome